Hi everyone, I hope you're all keeping well out there. The days are getting shorter, colder, and darker, and it can really be hard to keep the spirits up sometimes. Especially when you're dealing with a lot of big assignments like a lot of us are, and the overall stress of the semester really gets in the way. But you don't really have to do it alone. If you've listened to our past episodes, you might have come across a conversation I had last semester with Charlene from the Community Care Center. I'd like to replay that for you here, because in this episode, I learned that there is a place on each campus that is like a beacon of connection and support for all of our students here at GBC. The Community Care Center also focuses a lot of their programs on the needs of international and marginalized students. So, if you are feeling alone, know that you don't really have to because there is a place for support for all of you. Anyway, let me play the episode for you and you can find out for yourself. Enjoy the episode. So without further ado, welcome Charlene. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me and a pleasure to be here on the podcast. Equal pleasure as serving as the community care coordinator at the community care center. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And I have a big list of questions. So I guess I briefly explained what CCC or the community care center is all about. uh, But can you probably expand more on what you do and what programming you have? Absolutely. And yes, you've done an amazing job touching on the core components of our work. So thank you for that. Um, Community Care Center is a space for all students. It's for students who care about social justice, student wellness, and each other. Our vision is very much focused on strengthening students to live their whole selves with dignity in the classroom and beyond. We empower students to find their community and build their community while affirming that you're in the right place. And this is all done through trauma-informed approaches to accessing care and support. As I mentioned, we're open to all, but we specialize in serving traditionally marginalized students who face barriers to care. So these are Black students, students with disabilities, First Nation Inuit Métis students, international racialized students, 2S LGBTQ plus IA students, and women and trans students. Amazing. That's great. I think I'm going to ask a lot more questions to get into all of these in more detail. Uh, But just starting with like the programming, can you give us some examples of the programming and the activities that are offered at the Community Care Center? Yeah, so our programming pillars include equity programming. So for example, Care Days or a disorientation series. We also celebrate significant equity days, whether that's Pride, Black History Month, Trans Day of Remembrance. We offer community partnerships both within the college and within the community. So for example, with the Office of Anti-Racism, Equity and Human Rights Services, some of our community partnerships have include the 519, Planned Parenthood, and Black CAP, which is the Black Coalition for AIDS Prevention. Our peer support programming and education initiatives are focused on supportive relationships between students who have shared experiences in common. Our health resource provisioning spans from sexual health, menstrual health, harm reduction, and hygiene supplies that are all free for students. And finally, our student advocacy campaigns. So whether that's activating around Consent Awareness Week, anti-Black racism, free education, or Sisters in Spirit vigil on an annual basis, we're ready to engage with students and their community. Amazing. That was a lot. And I'm sure all of us probably on campus or like off campus online on social media or the website, we have seen a lot that um, what you do, like the Student Association and the Community Care Center, I think 
I personally have seen a lot of the stuff that are going on around and I've always found like the student association and the community care center, they actually bring the people together, which is very important uh, for students and the college, especially if you're just starting and you don't know a lot of people. And um, my next question is, in what ways does the Community Care Center act as a resource for understanding and organizing around social justice? So the Community Care Center was formerly known as the Community Action Center, where we offered student advocacy campaigns and united folks across the student movement and shared struggles. As a student union, the Student Association, we're also part of the Canadian Federation of Students Ontario local membership, meaning that we're active, aware, and engaged. And the Canadian Federation of Students mandate seeks to achieve a system of post-secondary education that is free, accessible, high quality, and nationally planned while recognizing the legitimacy of student representation and the validity of student rights. So whether we're fighting privatization of post-secondary education or opposing war, students have consistently been at the forefront of people movements throughout history and our social justice organizing and campaign activations go beyond local issues, noting that international struggles are shared across students, live realities and common goals. So as a essential department within the student association, and the college's student union. We know that student unions exist to educate and agitate and organize students because as long as our institutions and governments are complicit in oppression across various fields, the student association and the community care center has a shared responsibility to be in solidarity with students. I would say our main campaigns activation have benefited both social justice organizing and engaging with students because they do act as both a tool to create change with proposed solutions that are impacting George Brown College students, but equally knowing that some of our student-led campaigns, whether that's consent or harm reduction or free education or OHIP for international students, fairness for international students or food insecurity, are always based on the needs of our student body at George Brown. Yeah, and I think at one point you mentioned that uh, you really focus to help students that are uh, traditionally marginalized, like Black students, First Nation students, Indigenous students, and uh, you mentioned a lot of different categories, but are there any specific services or resources that are available for these students? Yeah, so as mentioned, our resources, programming, and services are open to all, but by prioritizing students from equity-seeking communities, we're able to support through our equity programming, our peer support models, and importantly, community referrals. And our referrals play a really key component for students because beyond the college our relationships with community groups and nonprofits and health clinics and grassroots coalitions across the city allow students, no matter their lived reality, no matter their identities, to ensure that they have access to the appropriate resources and supports that they need to be set up for success throughout George Brown. For sure, yeah. And I think for a lot of our students, they actually don't know, but as you mentioned, um, a lot of the supports that we are receiving as students, for example, the SNAP program, which is like the food program that we have at uh, Student Association, 
or like the OHIP, which is international students uh, insurance, basically, that's all covered through um, student association. So if you have any questions or need any kind of support, um, basically uh, the CCC or the student association as a whole would be the place for you to go to and uh, seek help. Um, mm -hmm. So besides that, uh, what can you expect as a student if you're like, for example, visiting the community care centers, physical spaces, which I don't know if you've been to them, but they're actually very cool spaces for even like just going there and chilling. Uh, but what can you expect when you visit these places in person? That's a wonderful question. I can assure that students can expect to be warmly welcomed into each and every one of our campus locations. Um, we have spaces at Casaloma, Waterfront, and soon back at St. James. Our physical spaces operate as alternative community centers with all of the resources, board games, coffee, tea, and just as you said, a space for students to connect with each other, debrief in between classes, or get involved in upcoming events or programming. But each space is truly unique and special in its own way. By this, I mean that our centers look and feel different than other campus resources or departments with full intent because we want students to feel that difference in order to really feel welcomed and encouraged to be themselves and that this is a different space from in contrast to say like counseling or the library. Um, we're bright, we're vibrant, we're welcoming. And so many students have even just said, even just stepping into our space, they feel less stressed, they feel welcomed, they feel that it's a break between a classroom or traveling or commuting. Um, but each of our spaces as well offers something unique. Like for example, at Casaloma, we have a variety of over 200 board games for students to access. At St. James, on the other hand, we have a social justice library for students with learning material and books um, that encourage learning, not just within the classroom, but with community. And our resource room at Waterfront is very intimate. It's sensory friendly. It's an excellent place for students to drop by to decompress or find out about more of our resources. Amazing. Yeah. And I think like the name actually says it very well, like the community care center is actually a very nice place. I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe it as like, but it's a very nice place to just, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your friends and be with some nice people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you can't really do that in everywhere in like school like maybe a classroom is not the best place for like having a long conversation with your friends and like kind of um, getting rid of your stress but these are places to go to for sure so yeah check it out if you haven't been to them uh, they have it all campuses and uh, st james as well so i know that you also have one-on-one -on -one appointments uh so my question is how do they basically work and how can students get, uh, schedule uh, an appointment Students can schedule one-on-one -on -one appointments either by contacting us on email, that's care, C-A-R-E, at sagbc.ca. Um, they're also able to contact us by phone, but what these one-on-one -on -one appointments look like is completely based on the student needs. So, for example, if they were looking to receive one-on-one -on -one peer support, 
Um, you can, this can be arranged either stopping by our physical spaces during operating hours or again, booking by phone or email. Students can expect a response within 24 hours during the week. But again, these, comp- these appointments are completely informal. There's no distinct structure because we want students to be able to access care with the least barriers possible. So for example, a Peer support appointment could look like chatting about your classes or programs or other issues over board games. Sometimes students also prefer to book one-on-one appointments to tour spaces or to access resources in private and with confidence. Um, But we're always here for students. As long as our doors are open, students are always welcome. Amazing. And yeah, we'll have the email in the show notes as well. So if you didn't have time to write it down, you can just go to the show notes and um, take it from there. So, yeah, and you mentioned uh, that you have a very trauma-informed approach. Um, I think maybe it would be nice if you could explain more about that because it might be confusing for some of us. For sure. Yes, absolutely. So in simple terms, trauma-informed care and implementing that as an approach essentially aims to avoid re-victimization of harm. And it understands that each student in context of their lived reality and cultural background, while importantly striving to maximize choices for students where they have control over their healing process, those resources that they need or other supports. It also involves having a basic understanding of trauma and multiple traumas that students encounter, whether that's food insecurity, whether that's gender-based violence, whether that's um, mental health. What we really aim to shift from as instead of asking students what's wrong with you to what happened to you. And when we focus on understanding the student's the whole student in context of their lived experiences, what we're doing is acknowledging the roles that oppression and violence and other student struggles play in the roles of everyday lives. And as I mentioned, these struggles can range from racism, transphobia, or housing insecurity. And it's being able to not only acknowledge the student and their lived reality and be treated with dignity and respect and trust, but also fostering that trauma-informed approaches differ from, say, counseling, how maybe a counselor would approach this or maybe how a doctor would approach issues like this. Um, it's It's a hard, hard concept to really put into terminology without seeing it in practice. And that means ensuring that not only staff are trained to deal with students, even in circumstances with crisis or other conflict, but their dignity and their lived realities are really at the center of who we see them and what they would like to do as a student with that agency and autonomy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's it's a very helpful approach for all of us. And I think at Georgia Brown in general, I've definitely noticed that that people care and um, they try to kind of uh, understand your background, which is very important. A lot of people ignore it in like different places, but I think we've been able to luckily do a good job, which is great. Yes. And talking about the outcomes that students can expect from the peer support, um, what do, uh, benefits do they get from it? 
Yeah. So as I mentioned, peer support refers to relationships between students where there's no power imbalance. What I mean by that is that it's informal and peer support recognizes the importance of making lived connections through lived experiences while fostering wellness and safety of the whole student. When we think about what successful peer support looks like and why does peer support work, it's because there's an establishment of mutual trust and concern. It's offering emotional support, companionship, and information. We're moving beyond expert knowledge. Sometimes peers, using their own lived experience, offer more insight and more resources than, say, other referrals. And receiving support from peers or students in similar connections may help folks feel more comfortable than other support models, just as I mentioned, like a therapist or a doctor, because knowing that there's no experts, that students are the experts of their own lives is not only affirming, but effective in, again, treating the student with dignity. And a core component of this is our work we believe and we honor that marginalized communities know their needs best and their lived experiences have value, that their voices and change-making and histories and lives are world-making, and that community and connections are important, especially in times like these crises. And importantly, that we all have something to learn. We all have something to teach. There's no such thing as experts. And we're here to help and ensure that students are accessing services and resources with dignity. Um, yeah, in summary, students deserve trust. They deserve transparency. They deserve safety and collective care and agency and choice. And that's really wholesome and beneficial through peer support models. Because again, we want students to live their whole selves with dignity. And we all win when students want to access care outside of the classroom can do so and without harm. Yeah, and I think peer support, I, I don't know, I've always personally been a big fan of peer support, I think. I've definitely benefited from it a lot. And um, one thing that I was gonna ask you is that I think I have, um, I, not, I don't think, I know that we have a peer mentor plus program at George Brown as well. Uh, so. Can you maybe explain a little bit how is this kind of peer support different uh, from that uh, peer mentor plus programming? Yeah, I that's a really great question. I can't speak to peer mentor press or their programming, but the CCC, since the CCC has existed, has always fostered peer support models at the core of our work. And I would say in contrast to say other peer support services around the college or even with other schools is that by honoring our equity groups and having staff that look like our student body, whether that's international students or students with disabilities and being able to have them trained and empowered to support their community, um, I think is something that has stood as a key component of the community care center and what makes us different beyond our trauma-informed approaches to care. Um, again, I can't speak, unfortunately, to Peer Mentor Plus or what they offer, but uh, the Community Care Center has offered peer support and peer education initiatives since 2013. 
For sure. Yeah. And we had another episode actually about the peer metropolis um, and their programming. I think it's very beneficial if uh, the students who are looking to seek support from a peer to listen to both this episode probably and that uh, one as well. So moving on to like the resources, which I mean, of course, we talked about it a lot, uh, but I have heard that students can actually request for workshops and like campaigns or like class talks if they want from the community care center. So how does that work? How can students do that? Yeah, so similar to contacting us in any other circumstance, we can be reached by email, by phone, through our social media or in person. Some of the sample workshops and class talks that we offer are Let's Talk Harm Reduction, Pronouns and Gender Inclusive Language, Consent in the Classroom. We also provide really great learning opportunities for professors and students. For example, say if they had a group project on the history of student movements, we have all of the supplies and resources for students to come make buttons or zines or really use our resources and bring them into their classroom to not only assist with coursework, but also build connections with their peers. What would it look like to make button making a participation component in like a group assignment, for example? And Again, these resources are completely free to students. We, if not full-time staff, part-time staff are always here to advocate for students and work in combination with George Brown departments and professors in classrooms. Amazing. And is the community care center like generally open to like suggestions if students are interested in a specific topic that they want to like have a workshop about or a campaign about or is it generally like the topics that you worked on? No, absolutely. In fact, a component of trauma-informed practices is conducting needs-based assessment while ensuring that we remain open and receptive to feedback from our student members because here we aim to offer programming and class talks or campaigns that are reflective of our student body. Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing. I think I personally have had like the situations where like there's like I don't know something happens and I feel like oh my god I really want to talk about this to people I wish like there was a group of people that just like had a conference or just like, even a short talk about it with the rest of the students because I wish they knew about it and um, yeah I think this is a great opportunity if you have something in mind for example like if there is something going on um, in school and you think everybody needs to know about it why not reach out to the community care center and maybe they can share it, have a class talk, have a campaign about it, or even a workshop. Absolutely. So besides that, we mentioned this briefly, but just getting into the details of it, uh, what health resources does the CCC offer to students? We have a variety of self-care and mental health resources, as well as harm reduction supplies. So whether that's like providing naloxone kits or overdose prevention, um, information. Our sexual health items range from condom walls to dental dams to lube to pregnancy tests. Our menstrual health supplies are a great variety of not just pads and tampons, but also menstrual cups. And some of our hygiene supplies, it does differ, but we focused on, especially this past year, providing oral care and soaps and other resources for students. And Again, to mention that 
all of these resources are free for students because everything in our spaces from the board games to the resources to our programming is by students for students as a student union. Amazing. Yeah, I think that was a great recap. I was my last question actually was, are these resources for free? But you mentioned it. So that's great. Uh, and I always say this to all of the students. Remember, these resources are free because you're a student here at George Brown. Otherwise, if you want to get any of these outside, you probably have to spend a lot of money um, or just, you know, spend a lot of time to figure out how to do these. So now that you have these resources for free for, uh, available to you, why not just take advantage of it? Exactly. Um, and I think to circle back to the importance of our community partnerships is where students, if we don't have the resources that the student needs, what we do have the capacity and support to do is reach out to community partners or help the student with research to find if there's other options or how they can access what they need um, through the community care center and in community throughout the city. Well, that's great. I, I don't know. I personally feel supported at this point. I feel like I didn't know about a lot of these. And that's very great to know that these are all available. So yeah, thank you again, Charlene, for joining us today. Um, this was extremely insightful for all of us, I'm sure. And um, just to summarize, we learned today that uh, the Community Care Center provides students with alternative community centers on multiple campuses. Um, they offer a range of resources and services, including drop-in sessions, peer support, workshops, and campaigns. And basically, I think by fostering a sense of community, the Community Care Center really empowers students to take control of their wellness and basically advocate for social justice, which is very important for us at uh, George Brown. So yeah, I hope this has been helpful to everyone. And thanks again for listening to us for another episode. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.